0: Top squad. Good evening. Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk About Sports podcast. We will start off the two minute blitz with our college football segment. Regarding the American athletic play this week, what are our thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, for me, obviously, the big game of the week was uh, UCF versus Memphis. Uh, If you thought you want to see a defensive game, that was far, far, far from the truth. Both teams lit it up, and Memphis came on at the end to steal it late, and the kicker, mm, you can't trust college kickers, like I always say, and he shanked the kick and gabriel had the best game of his life just to lose last guy to throw for that many yards and lose patrick mahomes you know the best quarterback in the league
0: yeah it was a great offensive game played by both sides two high-powered offenses gabriel played one hell of a game but Against Memphis this week, apparently 49 points wasn't gonna get it done. And they left the game in the field goal kicker's hands and he did not come up in the clutch. And there was a little bit of a strange scuffle at the end of that game. And then you got the top dogs in the conference right now, other than probably Cincinnati. Cincinnati had their game postponed against Tulsa. You got SMU coming up with the overtime victory uh, on the road against two, a very tough Tulane team to stay undefeated. Now the matchup with this this uh, surprising standings in the American Athletic. The matchup that's been circled on the calendar now is next week's matchup with just SMU in Cincinnati. Could we see a rematch in the? American Athletic Championship, that's very likely. But um, it'll be a real good test for SMU to see if they're really the real deal. Moving on to Big 12, what are our thoughts on this week's Big 12 play?
1: I mean, first things first, you know, shout out to Oklahoma State. Second straight week that they didn't play and they moved up in the rankings. So now they're at number six. And they look like the favorite to win the big 12 championship. I think they have a solid team top to bottom. They have the best running back in the nation in Chuba, and I don't see anyone else really stopping them in the conference. I mean, their biggest their biggest games left are going to be Oklahoma and Texas. If they even split those games, I still think that they'll end up winning the Big 12 championship and if they go undefeated I think that they should make the College Football Playoff. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean if they beat Oklahoma, it's almost a guarantee that they win the Big 12. Texas already has two losses, so it doesn't really matter what happens with that game if they still beat Oklahoma. And this conference is looking dreadful. I think this is the worst out of all the Power 5 conferences. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Oklahoma State and Kansas State, who shouldn't, Kansas State should be be ranked. I don't know why they're ranked, but Oklahoma State and Kansas State are the only ranked teams in the Big 12 right now. Uh, Baylor lost Matt Rule, West Virginia's eh, Kansas has always been dreadful, Oklahoma and Texas, I don't know what's going on with them this year. Iowa State had that Week One loss to Louisiana. Like I said, this conference just looks dreadful, and there isn't much to talk about with them.
1: Ah, oh, Iowa State, Iowa State too. forget about Iowa State. They're undefeated as well. So,
0: but moving on to the ACC, there's a lot more of a talking point. What
1: are our thoughts on this week's ACC play? Huh, I'm disappointed in UNC. They lost the the dreadful, the abysmal, the laughing stock of the once. They used to be the Clemson of this conference, but they're no longer that in Florida State. Uh me and my cousin talked about it. He a big UNC Everything fan. So that That kind of caught my eye. I like that Miami bounced back after a tough loss where they got punched in the mouth and kicked down the steps versus Clemson. Uh, And then everything else is pretty chalk.
0: Yeah, um, the first thing that pops out to me is Syracuse got absolutely annihilated at home against Liberty. I mean, Syracuse is... Absolutely dreadful. I apologize to Will Scott if you're listening, but this team would be lucky to win three games. I mean, they looked absolutely abysmal against Liberty today, and their schedule's not going to get easier. So they're really going to have to get it together. And then UNC, I think that loss at Florida State showed that in a very overpacked Florida State stadium, by the way. That was actually a real home field advantage Watching the tail end of that game That had to be at least 60% capacity That was ridiculous And UNC showed that they're not there yet Uh, If they play like that against Clemson They're going to get ran out of the stadium Just like Miami did And as I predicted, Miami would And Notre Dame, the team that I expected to be the biggest challenger to Clemson this year, scored 12 points. They may have won, but they scored 12 points against Louisville. Ian Book is gonna to have to play a hell of a lot better than that for if Notre Dame expects to have any chance against Clemson, because 12 points is not gonna get it done against Trevor Lawrence, Travis, Etienne, team, and that Clemson offense. And then, of course, Clemson, our top dogs, beat the living
1: crap out of Georgia Tech. mean, shout-out to the defense, though. <laughs> yeah. The defense for Notre Dame, hey, you got to find a way to win the game.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, they could play as well as they want. They're not holding Clemson to seven points. So, at the end of the day, they're going to have to score more. Four field goals ain't cutting it. But moving on to the SEC, the only relevant conference playing right now. What are our thoughts on this week's play?
1: Uh my first thought is that Kentucky should be 4 and 0. They fumbled the bag and if not 4 and 0, at least 3 and 1. In the last 2 weeks, Kentucky has as many interceptions as points allowed. They have nine picks and only nine points allowed. That is amazing. Considering how bad the defense looked in week two versus Ole Miss, who does have a elite offense, and considering how they dropped the ball at the end of the game, though there were several questionable calls in that Auburn game. So I thought that was pretty dope. And of course, the game of the week all across the country was Georgia versus Alabama, and, as usual, Alabama just a class above the rest. Devontae Smith looked like a man amongst boys and just dominated this secondary. And Mac Jones, <laughs> he showed why he was one of the best high school recruits at QB when he came into college. And the fact that he was the backup to Tua, wow, Alabama can recruit.
0: I mean that Alabama offense is unstoppable I mean they did exactly what I expected them to do in Tuscaloosa against Georgia it's pretty clear that Georgia will be their biggest challenger in the SEC but Georgia ain't there yet their offense is gonna have to be a lot sharper against that tough Alabama offense but with the rest of the conference a and handled business against Mississippi State and Mike Leach's air raid offense that has been non-existent the past two weeks, um, thanks to Kentucky exposing them. And South Carolina pulled up, put off an upset at home against Auburn. Now South Carolina is a team I expect to be around that five and five, six and four range. They're much improved. some really good recruits including a few five stars and the biggest the biggest takeaway i think everyone has is that kentucky and tennessee game six quarters ago tennessee was tied at 21 with the number three team in the country in georgia six six quarters later they get outscored 23-0 in the second half Against Georgia, and then get outscored 34 to 7 at home against Kentucky. 65 to 7 in the last six quarters. We thought the Tennessee had the recruits, had the talent, had the coaching to be back to being a good team and at least making somewhat of a movement towards where they were with Peyton Manning, but they're clearly not there. I mean they tumbled out of the rankings they've gotten beat down in the last six quarters and i don't know what they're going to do to turn this bus around because it is a short i just want to say
1: i never believed with them to begin with i never believed in tennessee
0: absolutely but can we talk about the surprise of the sec this year how about them arkansas razorbacks You know, Ole Miss was hanging tough with Alabama a week ago. Lane Kiffin's offense was explosive as I don't know what. And those Arkansas Razorbacks held them to 21 points. Phenomenal performance from the Razorbacks. And at this rate, they might finish better than LSU. They're right there with Auburn and They're most definitely finishing ahead of Ole Miss and Mississippi State now. They're shaking up the SEC West. But uh, some more SEC news. What are our thoughts on Dan Mullins wanting a full 90,000 fan stadium at Florida home games and having the Florida LSU game canceled two days later due to the Gator Team COVID outbreak and Nick Saban coaching in Alabama's win on Saturday versus Georgia after a few days after testing positive for COVID-19 and recovering quickly.
1: Uh well with the Saban situation, basically the rule was if he tested three times consecutively, negative. Then they would count the one positive test as a false positive. So since he had three consecutive negative tests, they just basically scrapped away with the with the previous test and just let him coach. So apparently he never had it to begin with. Who knows? But if he got it three times in a row, we have seen false positives in other situations. Uh, it's not like the test is like foolproof and has like hundred percentile. Comp- no accuracy so we'll take that with a grain of salt and then with dan mullen dan mullen has lost his mind florida has to be one of the best not the best but one of the worst hot spots for covid in the world let alone our country and the last thing we need is people thirsty to watch football already in florida bring everyone and their mama's mama and their grandmama into that stadium to watch football. That's an accident waiting to happen.
0: Thank God the Florida school president is putting uh, his foot down in terms of not packing stadiums and the Florida governor as well. But I don't know how anyone could remotely think it is okay to have a full stadium During a pandemic, I don't care what the pandemic is. That is absolutely ridiculous. And no coincidence that Florida had a team outbreak. I have a hard time believing Mullins was following the rules if he wants 90,000 fans in his stadium. Moving on to the NBA, Daryl Morey steps down as the Rockets GM. What are our thoughts?
1: It was about time. I mean, I don't think Daryl Morey is the bad GM, but the writing was on the wall. Uh, the whole franchise might as well go into rebuild mode. They have zero cap space. They have zero pick, first round picks. They have absolutely no assets outside of James Harden. Like James Harden is your only asset. Uh, and probably eric gordon and pj tucker but if you trade one either or not only do you compromise your team but you don't get anything worth making your team better uh russell will well, russell westbrook was a failed experiment essentially what they did was they swapped chris paul with russell westbrook because of you know chemistry and yes he likes westbrook more because they homies But all the shots that Chris Paul would have taken in those situations are shots that Westbrook takes and you couple that with his awful decision making on a regular basis. And the fact that he is on the space, the floor, you made your team worse in the long term, especially in the playoffs because all those times where you can take Harden out and let, you know, one guy run the offense, now you're having Russ run the offense. And it's not like we have three-dimensional or even two-dimensional players. All these guys are essentially spot-up shooters. So the only guy that can create offense for himself outside of Russ is James. And Russ is no perimeter threat, so all they do is just double him every time he catches the ball. So... I don't know what the new GM is gonna do, but that partnership has run its course. It wasn't gonna work out anymore. They need a new coach, they need to do everything. They just need to start, you know, from zero.
0: Yeah, they... I don't know what that Clint Capella trade was, but it clearly didn't work out. They got absolutely annihilated by Anthony Davis, as expected. (sighs) And it's oh clear that God. having a six foot six center in PJ Tucker is not going to work in the National Basketball Association. The Rockets need to hit the reboot button, they need to draft a center, possibly trade up for James Wiseman, and just go from there because they are far from a title threat. Moving on. Ty Lue agrees to a five-year deal to become the next head coach of the Clippers.
1: I understand why Ty Lue took this job, and I like Ty Lue. Outside of the fact that he did get handed a loaded squad in Cleveland, I really do think he can coach. And, you know, if David Blatt was down 3-1, I don't think the Cavs would have came back and won that series and you can tell the difference in between the two you know when he coached uh lebron and them. i he's been a great assistant coach for years but there's nothing against tyloo i just think that team is going to win a championship i think that they'd be lucky if they get to the western conference finals next year if you look at the landscape of the west it's only going to get tougher you got to deal with denver golden state going to be back the lakers then you couple with that, the fact that Paul George is like the last guy I on one of my team in the playoffs. Uh, Kawhi looked like he caught a bad case of the Clippers. Uh, Montrezl Harrell probably is gonna leave for the biggie bag because he's a free agent and he deserves to get paid handsomely because outside of the bubble experience where you know he was dealing with you know, the death of his grandmother and all this other stuff. Uh, He's a big time baller, so he deserves a break, but I don't see in what shape or form they can do to make that team better outside of the weak excuse oh, our chemistry sucked because it did, but even if you add better chemistry, I don't think you're going to beat the Lakers with Anthony Davis now a champion or the Warriors with their championship experience. And Kawhi's the only guy That got over the hump In that whole team
0: Personally, I did not agree With the firing of Doc Rivers But Ty Lue deserved A head of coaching job And this was a great opportunity for him He takes on An obviously very talented roster But whether it's a championship roster or not I have my doubts about that I think this is a team That needs to go out And get a center You know, whether it's getting a trading up for a lottery center like james wiseman as i mentioned earlier or it's taking you know a sleeper center in the second round such as uh luca garza so we should be hard they don't
1: have any draft picks yeah i don't know remember they traded all those picks for chris for uh paul george and they need a point guard bag because you can see in that denver series how they needed someone to slow everything down, you know, run the show, because basically Kawhi is their primary ball handler. Yeah, Unless you want to give it to Lou Will. or Landry, I mean, that's the only other who option. Both are, who
0: are both two guards? Exactly. Your starting and your backup point guard are both shooting guards. That's not going to bode well in this in this age of basketball. So. I don't know how they're gonna figure it out. They'll be a great regular season team, but when it comes to the playoffs, I don't know how they're gonna get past the Lakers. They may have shot of getting past the Nuggets, but if they can't get past the Lakers, it doesn't really mean much. So, Tyloo has his hands full with this Clippers squad. But moving on to the MLB, Baseball Hall of Famer Joe Morgan dies at 77. Morgan was a two-time National League Most Valuable Player a 10-time all-star and a five-time gold glove award winner he is he is widely regarded as one of the best second basemen in baseball history he gained renown for his 25 plus years as a broadcaster after his playing career i would like to send my condolences to the morgan family and this is an incredible loss for the baseball community Starting with baseball news, Padres outfielder Tommy Pham is in good condition after being stabbed
1: in a San Diego parking lot. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he's good. That, like, you just don't hear stuff like that happening every day. Obviously, you know, unfortunate things happen all the time in life, but I'm just glad that he's okay uh i heard about this briefly and i just find it weird that you know if all all people you know they seek him out i mean obviously everyone knows you know he's a baseball player obviously he has money i don't know if they wanted money but it's not like he's a uh, a big name face or anything of that nature so i just thought the situation was weird to begin with and like i said it, glad he's okay.
0: Yeah, the way I read the details of the police report, it didn't appear that the, um, the stabber knew who he was. He was actually breaking up a fight in that San Diego parking lot, and then one of the dudes just pulled out a knife and stabbed him. So I don't know what was going on with the altercation. I don't know what he did other than trying to break up the two guys, but... Seeing things like this, and knowing how crazy people are nowadays. Man, if I see a fight, I'm minding my own business and going about my day because something like that is everyone's worst nightmare for themselves or anyone they care about or love. You never want to see this happen to anybody. Moving on, the White Sox fire manager, Ricky Rentira. What are our thoughts?
1: I oh, don't know. I thought it was a, a weird to fire him after they had their best season in years. They constantly have gotten better in like the last two or three years. Uh, they got a squad now. They got nice pitching. They got a pretty good offense. I don't see what was the reason in order to get rid of him. Now, maybe they have a particular manager in mind, but I think he should have got at least another year, considering, you know, this was a shortened season. And like I said, they they didn't play that bad in the playoffs. I mean, obviously you would have wished that they would have, you know, been able to get timely hits because their offense couldn't come up with any, but it was weird firing.
0: Yeah, most definitely. This was an odd one to me. This was the best season they've had in a long time. And this firing is as much of a head-scratcher as, you know, I'm going to bring up the NFL here, when the Lions fired Jim Caldwell, the winningest coach in Lions history to this day, just to hire Matt Patricia, who has only taken the franchise backwards. And I just hope that the next manager that the White Sox hire does not do the same thing that Matt Patricia did for the Lions because they're going to be some angry Chicago White Sox fans if they fired someone who had their franchise going in the right direction and they don't do anything to keep moving forward. So strange firing. And for their franchise's sake, I hope they don't regret this. Moving on to a World Series preview, we now know that it will be the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Tampa Bay Rays. What are our thoughts and predictions on the 2020 World Series?
1: Well, my first thought is that we were so wrong. It's funny how in a lockout-shortened season, we actually, for the first time, might have gotten the two best teams in baseball in a long time like usually even if we get the two best teams something wacky happens and like yes both series went to seven but we still ended up getting the two best teams if you look at them on paper based off of how the regular season went up so I thought that was ironic but I got the Rays in six I mean until the Dodgers proved me otherwise I think the Rays had the better bullpen I think that The Braves do a good job getting on base, uh, playing small ball, all the little things that the Braves didn't do. Because the Braves basically gave Game 7 away because they didn't know how to run bases, which was sad. And they don't have Clayton Kershaw. Because I think Clayton Kershaw is going to lose them a game or two in this series, and that's going to be the difference. that coupled with the fact that for whatever reason, they always seem to not play well in the World Series. All the big hitters from Hody Bellinger to the who's who all the way down the roster. So we'll see.
0: Going back to your comment on we were wrong. I mean, I said I, the Rays were my favorite to make it to the World Series. I also said my Dodgers were my favorite to come out of the NL. I mean, this was exactly chalk. We may have had several wrong picks along the way, but the World Series predictions, uh, it's not like we said neither team had a shot.
1: True, true, true.
0: But about the series, I feel the same way you feel. I think the Rays will take this series. I will not believe in the Dodgers until they prove me wrong. But one thing is different about this year's Dodgers than past Dodgers. And his name is Mookie Betts. True. He won won the World Series with the Red Sox, came in the clutch, and he carried the Dodgers through that second half of that series against the Braves. Now, will he do it again against the Rays and their outstanding bullpen? We will see. But You can never count count out Mookie Betts in the clutch. Moving on to the NFL, Cowboys QB Dak Prescott suffers a season-ending injury. Andy Dalton is to start the remainder of the season. And in his first full game starting against the Cardinals, he was dreadful.
1: I mean, he was awful. But in all fairness... My vested interest into the Cowboys stops and ends with Amari Cooper. He took care of Amari Cooper. I won my fantasy matchup, so we all good, Andy. Now, for the rest of the season, I can't even put this one all on the offense because, well, actually, I can't put it all on the offense, but I can't put it all on Andy. I think the offensive line obviously has regressed. Tyron Smith got hurt. Uh, Travis Frederick retired Zach Martin got hurt in this game and Zeke fumbled the ball twice. Zeke's fumbles and the fact that they kept giving the Cardinals short fields to work with before uh Kyler Murray was able to hit some big time throws. Specifically the dagger that he threw down the field to Christian Kirk who just burnt the DB that was guarding him it wasn't that bad like the defense looked bad but like they looked better in comparison by other weeks, like they fought. It's just that when you basically start off the game spotting them 21-0, to zero, what what much can the, all, the defense do after that? They only gave us 17 points in the second half when you think about it. And one of them was a garbage time touchdown. So really it comes back to they just don't have Dak. And they turned over the ball, so they weren't meant to win. But shout out to Amari Cooper. Got me that dub this week. Cowboys often struggled.
0: Zeke played awful against a mediocre Cardinals defense. And that's what it comes down to. I think the Cowboys are a six or seven win team without Dak. And to be honest with you, the way the rest of the division is looking, that will, that might win them the division. The NFC least is really that bad. and. You know, the Cowboys are two and four. They're still leading the division by half a game. They just got to keep chipping away. You win one in every three games, and you might find yourself in the playoffs. Let's not forget, the Giants got their first win of the season against the Washington football team. And they're only a one game one game out of first place in the NFC least.
1: Ooh. Oh my God! I did miss so bad.
0: If they hadn't blown that game against the Cowboys, they'd be leading.
1: Three.
0: Three. I mean, that division's so bad. I think the Jets would have a legitimate chance in that division.
1: The the Jets would have a legitimate chance. They're zero and six. Would they would still be in the race? Yeah. To be honest, zero and eight, and you're not
0: out of it you go on your own eight you go on a five game winning streak
1: you could be in first all of a sudden or at least like a game back
0: let's not forget the five and seven eagles came back in that division last year that division was a lot better last year than it is this year
1: dang that is true and the cowboys were 7 and 7 when no they were 7 and 5 i think when that ha- when they collapsed that's sad. so
0: sick oh my god meanwhile the the reskins and giants were trying to outtake each other last year that was oh my god they like who's the-
1: going to get the better pick
0: I mean, we may have all NFC East teams picking in the top
1: 10. It's not possible. Someone someone has to win a division by default. Oh, yeah, I
0: forgot. If you, It's not completely by record if you make the playoffs, then...
1: Yeah. They would have the best pick out of the playoff teams, but... Yeah, but, like, someone has to make the playoffs, which I still think is a dreadful rule, but, you know... The NFL will always be the NFL
0: There should be an exemption For a division winner that doesn't win at least Eight games in my opinion
1: Yeah like if you can't even Be at 500 You don't deserve to be in the playoffs no. Let alone host a playoff game
0: That's the part that's really bad Like If we're man, looking at the current standings mean. I'd much rather see a 4-3 and three Panthers Than any NFC League's team
1: I forgot that the Panthers were four and three. How you been, dealing? Without McCaffrey,
0: they went on a four game winning streak without McCaffrey and then lost yesterday to the Bears. Oh, It should be three and three then, because it was
1: this was Week Six.
0: Oh yeah, I'm tripping their three and three. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But still, it's still, it's still impressive. Without than the Cowboys.
0: Better than the Cowboys That's all I gotta say The Atlanta Falcons fired Dan Quinn And named Raheem Morris As the interim coach
1: I mean it was about time Dan Quinn should have been Got fired I don't understand How you can be Basically you, you created Not you created But you had schemed One of the greatest defenses Of all time but yet your defense in Atlanta hasn't even been averaged any of the years that you played like you've been a coach, let alone the year that they went to the Super Bowl. Only reason why they went to the Super Bowl is because they had an astronomical turnover mark and their offense was just that elite that if you give Matt Ryan and Julio Jones three extra possessions every game, they're bound to score touchdowns. So it was good that he got fired. Shout out to Raheem Morris. They won their first game this year uh, for decimating my Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we're not gonna make the playoffs, but hopefully we tank so we can get Trevor Lawrence and we can stop paying Kirk Cousins. But you never know what happens. Uh, yeah, I'm endorsing the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Let's not fire Mike Zimmer, cause he, he know what he's doing. It's just like, we need, we need a new offensive line, a new quarterback, we'll be good. And let's not
0: forget the fact that behind this terrible offensive line, Alvin Cook. Oh, my God. The secondary is awful. But is that Mike Zimmer's fault? He ain't the GM. I think the Vikings' GM needs to be fired because I don't know what in the world he was doing this offseason. How
1: you let Trey Waynes and Xavier Rose go?
0: And Everson Griffin. They had their
1: best years last year, and they were still 10 times better than whoever we have at corner right now. The rookies get every week. The guys that were on the team last year suck outside of... I forgot his name who plays nickel. But, yeah.
0: I mean, the only good moves they made were Yannick Wakue and drafting Justin Jefferson.
1: Honestly, Justin Jefferson leads the team in receiving yards.
0: And, you know, Dalvin Cook's a great running back, but they gave him a boatload of money. And... If he has any injury problems that are unforeseen, like Todd Gurley did in the latter half of his contract, that contract's going to be a waste of money on a position that is easily replaceable nowadays. You got running backs in the fifth, sixth, seventh round putting up astronomical numbers behind great offensive
1: lines. Yeah, you got to pay that offensive line. No way around it. The only team that pays, paid the offensive line and didn't, you know, it didn't pay off was the Cowboys. That's because the Cowboys are the Cowboys. So. And
0: then we got the Jets releasing, running back Le'Veon Bell, and the Chiefs picking him up
1: on a one-year
0: deal. What are our thoughts on that?
1: I'm not a Chiefs fan, but if they win the Super Bowl again, I, I would be all for it since my team sucks so bad this year because free Le'Veon I mean first not only did he not get the bag but he was so thirsty for the bag that he said you know what I'm going to be a New York Jet and turn the franchise around you thought that was going to happen that didn't happen so he needed to be
0: first out of 54 qualifying running backs in yards per carry
1: yeah I know he went from the best running back in the league to looking like he needs to be playing in the Caps, in the Canadian Football League. So it's it's so bad, yeah. So this is an upgrade. He'll get good coaching, a good franchise, a good GM, like everything that he was used to in Pittsburgh. And hopefully he just sucks it plays well, wins, and tries to get the bag next year.
0: He'll have everything he's used to, he was used to in Pittsburgh, except for his youth, being in his prime, and even being the starter on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Clyde Edwards Alaire yeah. is a sensational running back. And I have a hard time believing he's getting less than 20 touches a game.
1: Clyde went seco mode today. Do had over 160.
0: Ooh. You know he was mad about that Le'Veon Bell sign. <laughs> to be honest, I thought the Bears should have taken a chance on him. David Montgomery is horrible and they need to get the running game going. So their offense isn't so one-dimensional. But what are any additional week five and six takeaways?
1: Uh additional takeaways. The calls are for real. Like I told you, they would be if they got a better quarterback, which they did. You may not like Phillip Rivers, but he was better than every other quarterback that they thought they were going to get once Andrew Luck decided that he didn't want to play football. And their defense is unbelievable. Like, I thought the defense was good the last year that Andrew Luck was there. No, it's different. Darius Leonard is playing the best ball of his life, and he already was an all-pro level. A uh, middle linebacker. Uh, they got good corners and safeties. Malik Hooker is a rock star. Uh, their offensive line already was a top five offensive line in the league. Uh, if they could just get their pass catchers to perform at a high level, uh, forgot his last name. It's Ali Cox, the tight end. He's been balling. Uh, yeah, if they just get their receivers to play well enough. They could have a a dark horse chance of making the Super Bowl. They probably won't because the Chiefs are that good, but they they can compete. They can compete.
0: Because the Tennessee Titans are on a roll, because the Tennessee Titans have Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, because the Tennessee Titans are undefeated, the Colts are looking like they're going to be playing in a wild card spot. They almost blew this week against the Bengals, and that was, other than the Jaguars' season opener, that was the worst I've seen them play. But, you know, I think they could could be prone for a wild-card upset, but throughout his long career, Phillip Rivers has never been good in the playoffs. I would be shocked if they made it past the divisional round of the playoffs. They're a good team, but they're just not there yet. But... I think Phillip Rivers, in his last couple of years of his career, I would be shocked if he didn't retire at the end of next season. He's going to be a great bridge for a young Jacob Eason, who has shown a lot of potential throughout me seeing him locally in Seattle in high school and his times at one season at Georgia and the rest of his career at University of Washington. But as for the rest of the teams in week five and six, the Falcons finally got their first win. Drew Locke is back for the Broncos, even though it was their defense that won them the game against the Patriots. So disappointing. And Brandon, Brandon McManus going six for six in field goals. And, you know, the NFC least. The Eagles almost made a great comeback against the Ravens. Came up short the Washington football team thought it was a good idea to go for 2 against the Giants when their offense had been struggling all game. They got <laughs> stuffed. <laughs> Running it with Kyle Allen is never a good idea.
1: He thought he was Newton.
0: Cam- the Steelers and Browns, who everyone expected to be in the dogfight, the Steelers absolutely annihilated them in a 38 to 7 victory to take command in the AFC North granted they haven't played the ravens yet but they have a decent shot at winning the division but will most definitely be a wild card team if not the top wild card team and you know like the theme has been throughout the entire season the jets are absolutely brutal and the cowboys have the worst defense in the nfl they
1: might set a record this year for being the worst They're... defense thank you
0: Thirty something every single game. I mean, jeez. But that is all we have for this week's episode of Let's Talk About Sports podcast. Be sure to check out some new articles I have written for Cronkite News, Sun of Athletics, and Phoenix Rising FC, which have all been linked in the blog tab under the About Me page. Season three will be cont- will continue to be pre released right here on our podcast site in season one and two are now available on Anchor FM, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Radio Public. The link to listen on any of these platforms is linked to this page. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform.